Hey guys, this is Tammy again, and I just want to welcome you to another episode of the Stripped Away Podcast. Uh, I can't thank you enough for the support that you've given me in listening to the uh, prior podcast. Uh, thank you for, especially for the um, responses to my last podcast where I interviewed my dear friend, Lisa Underwood, as she shared uh, her heart uh, and she shared the story of her son, Zachary, and just his heart for people and the way that he loved and uh, his story and journey through addiction. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode three Today, I was thinking about what will I talk about, Um, and I just think that I want to share some things that are on my heart, and I want to talk about shame. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will, but (laughs) shame. Melody Beatty, who is one of my favorite authors, she wrote um, several books that have changed my life, but This is from uh, The Language of Letting Go, and she says that shame is the trademark of dysfunctional families. Uh, If it is dark and it is daunting and it makes you feel badly about yourself, it is likely shame. You know, it's one thing to feel guilty. Uh, We feel guilty when we do something wrong. Uh, it's kind of our body's way, how God made us. We, we Our conscience steps in and we're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And, and likely we need to make amends for that. And then we go on. Um, so many times we will say, I feel so guilty. I just feel so guilty. But really what we're talking about is not guilt. What we're talking about is shame. Uh, as if, if guilt is doing something wrong, then what shame is, it's a feeling that we are wrong, uh, that we're not enough, that we don't measure up, that we are just, we just don't quite cut it as a person. Maybe we feel we are worthless. We feel like we're not smart enough, not pretty enough, not competent enough, not faithful enough. It's a very dark, deeply rooted feeling that many of us uh, began to feel even as children. I posted a few days ago, maybe a week ago on some of my social media that secrets feed shame. Whenever you have a secret and you put it in a box, We do that out of shame. We don't tell people in our life uh, what is really going on. That is my truth. I have not told people uh, what has happened in my life, many of the things that I've lived through, uh, many of the difficulties in my own marriage. I just had so much shame that I was unwilling to tell the whole truth. Uh, So if you're not telling the whole truth, then you're really uh, doing a lot of lying. 
And I hate to admit that. It wasn't a conscious intention to be a liar. It was simply, I had so much fear. I walked on eggshells. I didn't know how to, to set a boundary. I didn't know how to go and be transparent and vulnerable. You know, I would tell a few people about some of the struggles just a little bit because I was so ashamed and I was humiliated that they would think badly of me or they would judge me or that they would think badly of my husband or my family. So I just kept it inside and I just kept pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down. And the more you push it down, uh, the more you, the more, more uh, effort it takes to hold it down. When we push things deeply inside, oh, it takes up so much space, space that God wants to feel with his Holy Spirit, but because of the energy that it requires to hold down secrets and, and, and pain, we will engage in behaviors that are shame-based. We have shame. We feel the shame. We stuff it down. And so we then we, we start to medicate. We start to numb. We start to please. We start to be irritable. We start to use drugs or alcohol. We start to work all the time. We engage in performing and, for me, people-pleasing, never having any boundaries. And all these things don't satisfy. They keep us far away from who we are. But when we push things down, the trauma and the pain, it gets so stuck duck in our body and our brains and our bodies are damaged. Our brain goes into uh, defense, defensive self and pushes it down out of reach. And we never feel safe. You know, in, in, unless you feel safe, you will not deal with your pain. You will not share your heart. Oh, I grieve over all the years of pushing down my pain. You know, when you push down painful things, you know what else gets in there? Joy and peace, excitement, relaxation, purpose, called, your calling. They all go in that box. You can't just decide to put certain things in and leave other things out. That's not how a body works. And I often talk about how repression is such a dangerous thing because you push it all down, and then when you try to take it out just a little bit, it feels like holding down a waterfall. So you let a little bit out, but then you go right back to it pushing it even further down. You know, over the last four years, I wrote a book called Stripped Away, and I've talked a little bit about it. It's a curriculum where I lead people through uh, intensives and therapeutic groups, uh, and we 
we go deep. It's a, it's a, it's, it's principles that allow us to examine our feelings and our coping and look at the little girl and the little boy inside, the unresolved trauma. And we talk about surrender. And you know, it's so funny because God gave me that curriculum, just downloaded it in a matter of a couple of hours. I mean, not all of it, but a pretty good blueprint. And to realize, I thought, that's great. I can share this with so many people. But ultimately, when God gives you something, it's for you first and foremost. He knew how much I was holding. And so this idea of stripping it away piece by piece, step by step, and it has been grueling, grueling, beautiful, and brutal, but he wanted me to be free. I watch people now that I spend time with in my office and in different places where I get to share. I watch people begin to be set free. I have a heart for it. I believe. And as they are being set free, I am able to walk with them, and God is setting me free. I often say you cannot give what you do not have. I used to think you led and taught from a place of expertise, knowing something, clearly having a handle on it, and that's when you teach. Well, it doesn't work that way with God. I always say I teach as I learn, and my story, as I share with you my story, my testimony of where God met me and what He is doing in my life, my hope is is that it would help you begin to have hope and begin to walk into freedom. Did you know telling our stories is really, really important? I have said that for years, and I am now beginning to do it for the first time in my life. I had an opportunity the other day to begin working on a a bit of a video project, and I met a young man who uh, who is going to produce my video, and he sat down with me, and he'd, not, he'd never met me, and he wanted to be sure that he could represent my heart and my work well. So he asked me this question. He asked me, who are you? And I began to tell him a little bit about what I did, what I was doing, a little bit about my life. And he looked at me, and he said, I don't mean to be ugly, but that just sounds like a, a cleaned-up story. And he asked me again, Who are you? And I got a little defensive. And I said, what, what do you want from me? And he kept pushing me. And finally I broke, and I began to spew out details about my life, about my marriage, about where I'd lived, about the shame, about the secrets, about having the right word, but not walking in those places at all. It was very, very uncomfortable. I felt so ashamed and embarrassed. And after a little bit of sharing that, he looked at me and he said, 
That's what I was looking for. It was a moment that I probably won't forget. And as, as, as uncomfortable as it was, I was so thankful. You know, I make a living and I am quite regularly pushing people, pushing them past their limits, pushing them not to give up because I know what happens when I push you. You get better. I used to give the example of playing tennis. I played a lot of tennis and I used to love to play with people who were better than me. Now they would always beat me, <laughs> but I grew and I got better. And the more I played and the more I pushed myself, the better I got. So I'm, th I'm thankful for that young man who had the courage to push me. I don't want to have secrets anymore. I don't want to put things in a box anymore. It's too hard. It's debilitating. I want to be free. I've done a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of neurofeedback, a lot of, a lot of grounding, a lot of walking outside, a lot of being in nature, a lot of deep breathing, a lot of praise and worship, a lot of meditating on God's Word. And all those things have begun to heal my body. And I'm at a place now for the, for the first time in my life that I'm feeling safe enough to be able to be authentic and to be real. I've read The Velveteen Rabbit my entire life, and there is a section, in fact, it is on page 48 of the original book that says, it takes a long time to become real. It doesn't happen easily. And it doesn't happen to those with sharp edges, those that have to be carefully kept. By the time that you are real, most of your hair's been loved out, your eyes pop out, and you get loose and shabby, loose in your joints. But those things don't matter at all. Sorry. <laughs> because once you're real, you can't be ugly, except to those that don't understand. I am so thankful for what God is doing in my life and in my marriage and in my, in my family and in my work. I'm thankful for friends who have stood beside me and made space, provided space for me to begin to be authentic. And I want to speak directly to you who might be listening. Don't you give up. Sometimes I've wanted to give up, but I haven't given up. And I take, I'm learning to take one step at a time, even when it is hard Do your work. 
Have a healing plan. The world needs you. God has a plan, a call, and a purpose on your life. Your story matters. Your story is a key to set other people free so that they can see what God has done in your life. And just maybe it would encourage them to take the next step. Thank you guys for listening. This is a, a, a little more vulnerable than I'm used to being. But I think I'm going to get used to it. And I think it's going to be a much better way to live. So let's do this together. One step at a time. Remember, that's all we can take is one step at a time. Bless you guys. And we will talk really, really soon.